never know what's going to be out there unless you go out and find out what there is. Welcome to Get Outside, the Winter Family Adventure Edition, brought to you by Ordnance Survey. Parents, don't be too hard on yourself. Real life isn't like Instagram. You are probably doing a good thing. Exactly, you're definitely doing a good thing. In it, Get Outside champions and guidebook writers Jen and Sim Benson and their daughter Eva consider why spending time outdoors as a family matters. What I would dearly love is to inspire these two to want to do anything <laughs> outside sort of through the rest of their life. They solve your winter family get outside adventure problems. The dark brings a whole new perspective to adventures. So if there's a walk you do during the summer, doing it when it's dark with a head torch can be really exciting. And reveal how, wherever you live, you can have superb seasonal family adventures all of your own. We often find with our kids, you say, look at that amazing mountain over there. And they're more interested in the mud or the tree that they're standing next to. For outdoors inspiration and information, head to getoutside.uk and stay listening to Get Outside, the Winter Family Adventure Edition with Jen and Sim Benson and daughter Eva. What are you taking with you today then, Miss? Well, some provisions just in case and a toy horse. All the essentials. I think that's all. Are you definitely going to carry that? <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> Should we go? Yeah. Hi, we're Jen and Sim. We are guidebook writers, photographers and general adventurers and mum and dad to Eva and Hugo, who are seven and four, and Kepi the dog. The type of books, the guidebooks we write, the amazing family adventures with the National Trust. We also write The Adventurer's Guide to Britain that we wrote with Bloomsbury and Wild Running. And we've written walking guidebooks with Vertebrae and what we're here to do, we've gathered together as a family. We happen to be in South Devon, but we could really be anywhere. So you're going to guide us through the kinds of great get-outside winter family adventures that you can do pretty much anywhere in the country. Which way do you want to go? I think if we carry on that way, we should be able to get down to it. I think we might go around and we might get down to the path. The question there was which way do you want to go and yeah. is, that, is that actually quite important do you think Jen? Definitely, I think empowering them to have some input into the adventure is really important because then they feel like they're doing it for them rather than for us and they're much more likely to be engaged and involved and excited about it if they feel like they've made the decision about where we go and what we do. It could be the local park, it could be the Absolutely. local woods, it, it could actually be city streets. Yep. You know, saying which way do you want to go, which way gets us back. I suppose in a funny way that's actually navigation. It is, yeah. And another thing we do is go to places, a lot of particularly National Trust places have waymarked walks. So you'll have different coloured arrows that will take you on walks of different lengths. And they love running ahead, spotting the next arrow and telling us which way to go. So it's exactly the, it's the, the foundation to reading a map. So it's brilliant for them to learn and they don't even realise they're learning. We put out a post on social media saying what is it that gets in the way of winter get outside family adventures and the weather was one of those things and that kind of linked to gear and people saying that obviously when youngsters are growing they grow out of things really quite quickly yeah. what's the best way to combat that is it a question of having lots and lots of really technical gear not at all no they do get quite wet and soggy and they love puddles so we tend to take lots of spare changes of clothes lots of spare socks even spare shoes 
and then they've got a good waterproof that goes on top of everything so plenty of layers because they run around and get warm and then they stop and get cold so lots of layers and they want to carry on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes the rain. <laughs> Do you like uh, to get outside, Evie? Yes. Why? It's because once you're outside, like there are so many possibilities you can do, like building dens out of sticks and finding out old tunnels that they had made in bamboo. Do you think you have to go to a special place to have no. fun outdoors? Not necessarily, no. It's because pretty much everywhere outside has something to do with it. Even though you haven't quite found out what it is, but everywhere has something to do. Like in, especially in woodland and things like that, the kids just love it. And you don't really have to have much of a, a plan, <laughs> effectively. Perhaps it's been a long day or a long night or a long week and you might not be full of creative ideas. What, what can help? There are loads of resources. There are lots of good books. We like the Wild Weather book and the Stick book. And that's really good when you're just feeling a bit out of ideas. And they can even go through the books and choose activities they want to do themselves. For National Trust Properties, we've got our Family Adventures book, Amazing Family Adventures, and that's got loads of ideas. And there are suggestions of places you can go and do them, but the point was to make them doable anywhere. So at a National Trust place or at your local park or in your garden or anything like that. Smartphone apps that help you identify trees and birds and that kind of thing are really good as well and they can get involved in that too. There's lots of ideas out there because we know as sleep-deprived parents how hard it is to be creative sometimes. And sometimes quite a lot of the comments we had when we put out a post asking what gets in the way, quite a lot of the comments were things like technology and phones. I don't really like the sort of screen time versus green time thing. There's loads of really good stuff that you can use. You could put on a cartoon which allows you to get the bag ready to get out. And then when you're out, if they ask what type of bird that is and you're not sure, you can check on your phone. You can harness it. It doesn't have to be a barrier. I think there's no point in making screens an enemy. Like they're, they're part of life. These kids are growing up in a far more technological world than we did. I think it's all part of getting them to use these things responsibly. And, and yeah, there are some amazing resources out there, like the Star app. Even following a map on a phone as you go, you can see your little dot moving and it, it helps you relate where you are to maps and things. The colours. Yeah, just this time beautiful. of year is just brilliant for coming to places like this. And it's really good sort of inspiration for them to make a bit of leaf art or something like They love the colours and there's so much you can do with them from looking at them to arranging them in a nice way or doing leaf rubbings. Yeah, there's loads you can do. Or they just throw them up in the air and wear them on their head like they're doing now. <laughs> we always find we end up with pockets full of stones and leaves and sticks and things and they're very important. In the past, sometimes I've thrown them away after a few minutes and then got massively told off. <laughs> so our front garden's got a, a collection of random stones and sticks. But I think it's quite important to take them when they offer them to you. Yeah, never underestimate the importance of a stick or a boulder or something. <laughs> Let's see. So what have, what have we got in here? So this is a book which is about lots of different things you can do with a stick. If you get a very thin, like, twirly piece of stick, you can, like, 
fix it into like a tiara shape and decorate it with like flowers and berries and things that you find around in nature. And what else have you got? That's pretty, look, a star wand, making a star wand. And you look, you can make moss-coloured Christmas wreaths and... and... Look at that, you can always make a butterfly out of the things that you've found. The shapes, so leaves and things. And how many different things can you do with a stick, do you think? Well, lots of things, even though it doesn't sound very interesting. It's not necessarily where you are, it's how much... Do you think it's how much imagination you have, maybe? Uh, yes, one of the reasons is that, but also it's how much stuff uh, you could find in the nature and put to use, and also how much imagination you've got. Carrying duties are very important for, for littler children because they don't know how long a walk's going to be. So they'll quite often ask to be picked up and it's important just to agree straight away because it makes them much more likely to be up for going out next time. And quite often you'll carry them for a couple of minutes, like Hugo just did. I carried him for about 20 seconds then. And he knows then any time he's a bit tired, I'm more than happy to pick him up. And then a few minutes later he'll get down and he'll see something exciting and he'll be back walking again. So always be up for carrying with the littler ones. It gets harder as they get bigger. <laughs> you can get the slings that go sort of against your body, or you can get the bigger backpack-style ones. And when they're when they're smaller, and to be honest, as long as you're comfortable carrying them, the ones that go against your body are really good because they don't take up much space. You can put them in your rucksack anyway. And then if they're cold, they're against your body, so it keeps them warmer, it keeps you warmer as well, um, which is nice. And it's also closer to you, so you've got better centre of gravity, it's easier to sort of scramble over rocks and things. So when they were quite small, we were able to still do quite big mountains and stops them being worried that they're going to have to walk really far. It's weird there, because that's the National Trust. They were in that little house there. So yesterday we went down to that car park, didn't we? Yeah. And then we got down to there, to Scabbicum Sands. So today I think we're going to go to a different beach. So we're going to go park there, where the pier is. And then we're going to go down this, this white lane here, which means that other cars aren't allowed to go down there apart from the people who live down there. But we can, get, we can walk down there, and it's about a kilometre. Down to Man Sands. And let me in, because you were worried, but look, there's going to be lots of rocky bits there as well, because this bit's rocky, and the orangey bit's the sandy bit, so there's both. And we checked, and it's low tide around now, so there'll be lots of sand. So should we go? Mm Where are we now? Where have we arrived? We've arrived at Mansands and it's the first time we've been here, I think, any of us. So um, it's a really good, good chance to explore and there's lots of surfers in the sea, big waves, the dogs are excited. <laughs> um, so we're just putting the beach shoes on the kids so they can get them as wet and sandy as they like and then we can um, get nice warm dry feet at the end of it to walk back up the hill. Um, and yeah, ready to go and playing. Wow, that one's deep. Wow, that rock falls up to your knees. What does it feel like in there? Nice and warm. Is it warm? Quite, once I get used to it. And I'm wearing these sort of um, special shoes that allow me to go in the water. 
What are your favourite adventures, would you say? Um, well, I like that there are nice rock pools. It's because some are just too deep for me and some are too shallow, but some are just perfect, like the one I'm in right now. Do you remember what that's called? Snake locks. Yeah. What does it look like? It looks sort of green and wiggly. They do look a bit like snakes, because they're called snake locks just because of that. Do you find sometimes the more the more you look, the more you see? Yes. It's because at the first look I just noticed them, but at the second look I notice a bit more of their tentacles detail, and then there's a bit more detail every time I look. There's other things in that rock pool. It's tiny, isn't it? It's only about the size of two of your heads, but there's loads of stuff in there. I didn't even know they're so small. There were hundreds of things in every rock pool. But if you just look once, you don't see all of them. But if you look harder, then you can actually see, like, little creatures inside them. We've just been standing here, haven't we? We've just said, wow, this is geology, biology. Oceanography, history. It could be art, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You can make beach art or go home and they can draw their own interpretation of it. If you're kind of open to, to discussing it with them, it can be, you can bring all the subjects into a day out. And it's a really interactive learning experience for them as well. Like they'll really remember everything they learn on a beach, probably more than they will in yeah. a classroom. <laughs> yeah. And on a beach or a hill or the moors or a park or in the woods or by a stream. And everything they see, they can go and touch it and they can interact with it. And that's really meaningful to them. If you've got a garden, it's a really good place to start. Just getting them growing some things or looking at bees really close up, doing leaf rubbings and that kind of thing. We talk about micro-adventures, you know, we don't necessarily have to go a very long way to have adventures, do you? You can actually do them pretty much wherever you live. Yeah, kids look at everything really close up, so it's, it's the things that they can actually touch and they can reach and they can, uh, you don't want them to put it in your mouth, but that they do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's all the, like, all that sort of thing, the closer they are to it, the more interested they are in it. We often find with our kids, you say, look at that amazing mountain over there. And they're more interested in the mud or the tree that they're standing next to. And that means that wherever you are, it's just as exciting for them. So you don't have to worry about getting somewhere huge and picturesque. Look at what's actually around and what's wild and the, sort of the rocks and the trees and the mud and the ponds and the rivers and anything like that. And they'll, they'll adventure. We're all right for time today, aren't we? But one of the big blocks in the winter with families and outside was it gets dark. So yeah. clearly it does. What can we do about that? The dark brings a whole new perspective to adventures. So if there's a walk you do during the summer, doing it when it's dark with a head torch can be really exciting and you see it from a completely different perspective. There are also things like bat walks. Wherever you live, there's probably somewhere where there are bats, so you can just go out as it's getting dark and stand and watch bats, and kids love that. And listen for owls. It just it makes them more exciting. And, and invest in a, a good head torch, and you can go anywhere. <laughs> Even if it's sort of just your little local park or the grassland and a bit of tree near where you live, then if you go there in the dark, it's it's a very different place. And it can be you hear different things, and you you see a small amount that you illuminate with your own little torch. And it, it makes that all exciting again, which is fun. You don't even have to walk anywhere. You can just sit under a tree and listen. And when it's dark, 
your your other senses are so much more acute so you can smell things and hear things that you probably wouldn't if it was light so it brings a whole new dynamic to adventures it is also slightly more hard work so again if it's if it's cold and dark and raining you don't have to get out and maybe maybe postpone it for a couple of days until there's a nice clear night and the stars are out and then get your iphone app (laughs) and you can see what which what the constellations are and they can start learning those which is fascinating for them Some people say, oh, the dreaded, I want to go home, which was a block to getting outside. What on earth do you do about that? Because it must happen. Yeah, I mean, we definitely get it sometimes. But it, if you're getting it, it means you're out, though. So, I mean, <laughs> you sort of you started off well. But often that means that they're cold or they're hungry or they're tired. And depending on their age, you can fix that with... We normally have a very special like a little lollipop or something that they don't normally have they don't know we've got but if we're starting to get a i'm cold i'm hungry i want to go home we can whip that out and that'll perk them up and that just gives us that extra few minutes to sort of allow us to start getting home to maybe change any wet cold clothes or put them in the sling if they're small and and it's also like the more you do it the more you'll learn all the signs of we're all the same in the end of a end of a hard day at work or something you're getting a bit grumpier it's it's sort of everything's a bit harder work so if you notice that that's happening stop and and get out quicker (laughs) sometimes people weren't that sure of things like safety or they weren't always sure of their own skills in terms of keeping everyone safe so how do you how do you sort of manage that as a family we very much play it by ear i think probably because we've been sort of going outside and playing effectively since they were very small what we've been able to do has increased as they've got older and we've let them dictate the speed that that's happened Um, so one of our sort of rules is that if they can climb it they can climb it but we won't put them up on top of something because if we have to put them on top of it then they're not so much in control and they're going to get stuck Um, whereas if they can climb up it they should be able to climb down it even though we quite often have to rescue them still or or be very careful and also presumably um all around the country the national parks and things it's opportunities to have guided walks with people like people like rangers and if you as a parent can learn more about feeling comfortable with that environment you can also kind of pass that on we try and give the kids as much freedom as they can or as we can to allow them to sort of play and take a bit of risk and learn their sort of their limitations but sometimes we're in places and sometimes anyone would be in a place where you can't let them get too close to to the edge effectively and so sometimes we're we do have to be a lot a lot more serious we'll keep the kids much closer to us so that we can absolutely see what they're doing we can hold their hand or grab their jacket or whatever if we need to and when we do we always we always have a chat with the kids and they know that if we sort of in a place like this if we tell them to like come back and they're out just out on the beach they they will do but they might they might ignore you first if they're engrossed in putting some pebbles somewhere um but if we're sort of up a a scramble in the lake district or somewhere where there is there is more danger um and where it would be much harder to deal with if anything actually went wrong we will tell them and we'll say like if we if we say stop you stop instantly like there's no no playing and i'll be very cross with them if they don't because i need to trust that they can 
and that they will do exactly what I say or we can't really go into a place like that but because we've because we've set those rules and they, they understand it means we can do quite a lot with them we would only take them into a sort of situation that we were definitely comfortable with and that includes the weather so some places like even lowland places in the summer it would be fine but in the winter it isn't somewhere we you'd consider taking them or if it was you'd have to be a lot safer with the kit you had with you you'd plan a, a much less extreme day do you know what these are uh, no. These are called limpets. Where's the All these things that look a bit like grass are anemones. Uh, You've got all their tentacles. And what about five tips for great get outside winter? <coughs> family adventures what would they be make sure you've got at least one spare set of clothes with you because as a parent if i haven't got spare clothes for the kids with me i have to be really careful that they don't fall in a puddle and i have to be a bit basically more grumpy with them and restrictive because if they do get really cold it's the end of the day or it's dangerous depending on where you are so if you've got the spare clothes then hopefully you won't need them but you can be a bit more relaxed and then they'll have more fun so first one Second one is food. Kids aren't very good at, at having a big breakfast and loading up before they go out adventuring. So it's really important to have plenty of snacks, feed them little and often. Whenever you see the signs, they might be getting a bit hungry, so they'll slow down or they get grumpy or tearful. Um, or they'll probably sit down and refuse to go any further. A well-timed snack can, can normally turn it around and you can carry on on your, on your way. Number three. The whole point of getting outside is to have a lot of fun outside as a family. So if you plan to walk up a big hill and on the day what actually happens is you get as far as the river and the stepping stones 100 yards away from the start of the walk and they start playing and they get really engrossed and they love it and they build dams or float sticks or anything like that and you realize that actually two hours has gone past and you haven't really got time to get to the top of the hill anymore don't worry about it like they're having a brilliant time so be happy to change your change your goal of your of your adventure to make sure everyone has fun number four is get involved yourself and participate it's so easy whenever you go to a playground or something the kids are all playing and having fun and the, the parents are standing at the side looking at their phones often but actually if you get out there and climb the trees walk on the rocks or play on the playground it leads by example and it shows them that you're having fun and and similarly when you're somewhere like this on the beach we learn loads because we feel like we need to to learn what things are called so that when they ask questions we can answer those so it's really getting involved yourself and having fun and enjoying it and and kind of getting into the kids' mindset and being excited about everything um, like they are. And then it's a lot more fun yourself as well. Five, take every opportunity. It's if you get, get home from school, you finish the day, and one of the kids say, let's go out for a walk, then do it. Like, always go for it. And and if that means you go out for half an hour and it's fun, it's like you've, you've been outside, you've had a good time. And likewise, like if... if at the weekend you're planning on going out the Sunday and the weather looks really good on Saturday then change your plans do it just get out and and it's you'll never ever regret going out the door and I suppose it's important to say when we asked families about what what they felt got in the way you could almost feel the angst of, of some parents thinking I don't do enough I don't get outside enough and I should be sort of doing it all the time and I guess actually sometimes it's not practical sometimes the weather's awful 
And maybe you don't always have to beat yourself up as parents. No, absolutely. I mean, definitely. If, it's, if the weather's horrible, if everyone doesn't feel like it, if someone's ill, then don't go outside because, like, stay in, stay warm. And then maybe the next day or maybe even that evening or later in the day, then you might have a really good time. But you really don't want to go out and have a horrible time. And then next time, all they remember is that last time we went out, it was horrible. And maybe, parents, don't be too hard on yourself. Real life isn't like Instagram. You are probably doing a good thing. Exactly. You're definitely doing a good thing. And even by worrying about it in the first place, it's showing that it's on your list of priorities and and you want to get outside with the kids. And I think part of it all is self-care for parents. And, And quite often, especially with younger kids, you've had a bad night's sleep. Maybe if you had something planned, getting up early in the morning... And actually, it would do much better to have a couple of extra hours in bed and then get out. Then, then you just you have to be flexible and and do what's best for you. Because if if you're not in good shape and you haven't you haven't had a good night's sleep and you haven't had breakfast and things, then you're not going to be able to make the most of the day either. So, so looking after yourself as parents is is really important as well. Be kind to yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So I think, Jen and Sim, this is pretty much the end of the day's adventures. (laughs) And it's kind of making me wonder where things might go from here for you you guys as a family, as your youngsters grow older, anything could happen. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely at the beginning of our family adventures, I think. So as they get older and we all get more confident about adventuring together, then we can take on bigger things. We climbed before they arrived, so we'd love to take them climbing more and go back and revisit all the routes we used to climb with them they're starting to get really good on their bikes so we can do some cycling adventures and of course we've explored so much of britain but there's a whole world out there to go and explore as well so so the alps and and further afield is really appealing as well so yeah definitely just at the start and looking forward to it this is partly isn't it Sim? it's about making memories but it's also about kind of paving the way for 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 what could happen next as well isn't it yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, what I would dearly love is basically to inspire these two to want to do anything, really, outside, sort of through the rest of their life. And if, when they're grown up, they take me climbing, or they take me running, or out on the bikes, or anything, really, like that would be the best thing ever, <laughs> basically. <laughs> And that's quite an aspiration, isn't it? And what about what about you? What what would you hope might you might carry on doing or start doing with the outdoors? Well, I would still quite like to like explore forests and go on more adventures until I'm grown up. And if I have children, I think I'll do the same. Like I'll carry on with adventures and like other new places. And do you think when you're a little bit older, you might carry a bag for your mum and dad? Sometimes they carry your bag. Do you think you'll help them up hills, maybe? Yes. Good. (laughs) Will that be fun? Yes. That was Get Outside, the Winter Family Adventure Edition, brought to you by Ordnance Survey. It featured guidebook writers and Get Outside champions, Jen and Sim Benson, and their daughter, Eva, already a wise adventurer. The podcast was recorded and edited by me, Belinda Dixon. For more on family adventures and other outdoors inspiration and information, head to getoutside.uk.